Welcome to JRCigars.com, the world's largest cigar store. We boast the internet's widest selection of premium hand-rolled cigars at the guaranteed lowest prices. Our reinvigorated website is fast, user-friendly, and offers our customers an array of unique features. No access to a computer? No problem. Download our ShopJR app in the Google Play Store or our Steals and Deals in the App Store, and you'll have access to our extensive selection at the tip of your fingers. With the fastest low-cost shipping in the industry, JR Cigars guarantees same-day shipping if you order before 3. This is JRCigars.com. All of the cigars, none of the hassle. Get ready for Smoke Night Live with Massa Sensei. Wow, here we are. This is uh, episode 209 of Smoke Night Live, Jordan. Oh my goodness. Jordan is in the house, my producer, I'm, Jordan. I'm here. I don't like it. <laughs> I'm very flustered, but I'm here. Get this. So this tonight is the night we're doing, for the first time ever, a uh, new production software that we're switching to. So this is sort of like a pilot episode. So hopefully you guys will bear with us in case we make any mistakes. But this has been a crazy week. Uh, there we go. Sound is back. What was that? We said so much interesting things. Oh yeah, I, ta- I told my whole, I told my whole Florida trip story, and then you guys didn't get to hear that. I talked about just life in general. All right, you know. so let's start again. This is episode two hundred nine of Smoke Night Live. Uh, big show tonight. Sorry for the. Uh, what I was saying earlier is that we're having this new. We have a new studio. Uh, production system, and now Jordan is completely producing the show, which normally, like, I'm, like, uh, halfway doing the show, halfway um, not doing the show, and Jordan's doing his thing, but now tonight... You can already see the results of that. Now tonight, it's just all I have in front I of me. I already did my first mess up. All in front of me, all I have is a computer, and I'm just watching the Facebook feed. So, but, so they have sound now, right? Everybody has sound now? Are we good? As far as I know. So I told the story of how my Florida vacation got screwed up by this hurricane. And that I don't want to sound flippant because there's people that are, you know, in the path of a Category 4 hurricane. And so I was trying to do my part by not going. You know, I don't want to, like, be showing up in my swim trunks, you know, and a drink in my hand. Hey, vacation. And there's, like, you know, rescue effort going on. So I'm trying to move my flights American Airlines is trying to accommodate me, and I unfortunately got my tickets through Capital One Miles. Don't ever do that. Don't ever use Capital One Miles because they're jerks. They don't even care. Really? Hurricane, they don't care. They, they don't wanted care. To, they wanted to reschedule you during the, the hurricane. Yeah, still. they wanted to reschedule my flights during the hurricane again. Like two it's days, still going on. Two days later. It's like, anyways, don't use Capital One. Just go straight through American or straight through Southwest or where. Your flights, but Capital One, bunch of jerks, and I'm not afraid to say that. All the people with American were super friendly, super friendly. Anyways, enough about that. I'm just so frustrated. But finally, I did get my flights changed. Now I'm going in October, going October 2nd through the 10th or something like that. Anyways, um, get this. Tonight was supposed to be the night Casey Hogan from Crux Cigars was going to be on the show. 
at the last second, he cancels on me. Total, like total douche. Like like the <laughs> jerk that he is, <laughs> cancels on me. Just what? Just because at one point I said his logo was horrible, his old logo was horrible, and then he has to cancel on me, Jordan. I mean, I think Judas might have canceled on. on I think Jesus had a podcast for a while. Yeah, that's that pretty same much kind of thing happened a few times. That's pretty much what happened. He's the Judas of podcasts. So I'm not happy about that. But thankfully, in his stead, in his place, we have one of our favorite guests of all time, William Cigar Coop Cooper. Welcome to Smoke Night Live, my friend. Eric, thank, thank you, you for having me very much. much. Uh, always a pleasure to be here and uh, with Dojo Nation. Ah, man, I'm so glad you were able to fill in for Casey, who, who left us high and dry at the last possible second. Oh, because of a hurricane. Just because of, of a Category 5 hurricane crunching down on him in Miami. He has to fly away and uh, blow us off. So thank you for making it. It's four days away. He's got a point. He had, he had time to do Smoke Night Live. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I will be in Miami next weekend. That's, Unless that's they evacuate the state. Unless they evacuate the state and I can't get in there, then I'll be there. So here was my plan, Koopas. I was just going to go anyways. I was just going to go anyways. But, you know, it was me and April's vacation. It was like my birthday vacation. Yeah. And so I kind of felt weird, like, showing up for a, um, you know, an, uh, a vacation in the midst of, like, rescue efforts and stuff. Like, I know right now there's, like, people flying down there, you know, prepared to help people you know, out of their basements and stuff. And it just seemed insensitive of me to just be flying down there, you know, with drink in hand, ready to party, you know? Yeah, no, I totally get it. I mean, uh, actually, I have a show I was supposed to do in Miami on Thursday, and it's with Nick Perdomo, and I'll let him make the call, basically, on that. This is what we'll do. Right. Yeah. I, I was, I mean, I was ready to go. April, my wife, she was like, no, we got we to gotta change. It's like, no, we're going, man. We are just going to go. And then this morning, American Airlines sent me this ominous email you know it was basically like don't come and, and, and don't and, and i just heard what you said in the intro they try to reschedule on those flights like the same time frame and they always get canceled uh with my experience so so good for you for pushing back on these guys there yeah so I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna, I, I pushed back, I pushed back. I've been on the phone, ask Jordan for the last four hours at least. Wow, I think they're just trying to deal with this. By the way, my good friends from Developing Palettes, when they came out to Colorado, they brought me this Four Roses barrel strength single barrel. Oh, how did they know? That's our like because June texted me. That's the hidden gem in the bourbon world. June texted me and he was like. What can I bring you? No, actually, that's what he said. He said, what bourbon do you really like from Four Roses? I said, yeah, well, it, I like that. It, the guys are telling me they're getting an echo from me. An echo from Coop. It, I'm not getting an echo. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, I'm using a headset. So I, I'm not sure what's going I on. was wondering about that. See, ask the guys now. Yeah, are you hearing an echo? How about now? Testing, testing. It sounds perfect to me. Okay. It sounds perfect to me. What about Jordan? Sound good to you? It's, they said it's good now. I had oh. a hunch about that, but I didn't want to mess with that. All right. So we fixed. See, that's the beauty of having a producer somewhere else. We're figuring this stuff out. Because yeah. he can, fi he yeah. can figure they're, they're it out also, on the fly. They won't tell me to fix my audio. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <It's> just, <laughs> Usually it is. <laughs> the complete screw-up tonight will be totally upon me and Jordan. So we're taking complete blame for everything that happens. It's going to be great in the long run, boys. Yes. Just trust us on this one. Trust us yeah. on this Jordan, give us a three-person shot. Oh, do I dare? Yes. Do, 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 look at that. 
Nice, a nice three-person shot. Oh. Yeah, Coop, you never looked better. I mean, come on. I mean, I mean, I'm no Casey Hogan. That's with that sport jacket. I you're much. My sport jacket. Yeah, you're much better. Much better. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, Coop, I was on. I was on. Was it your show? Was it your show or was it Developing Palette's show? No, it was Prime Time. Okay, and on that show, you were t- we were talking about fast food. Yep. Or food in general. Yep. And I ate live on the air an Impossible Burger. Yes, you so did. So that's the, the burger that has no – it's a Burger King burger. It has no meat on it. It's just fake meat. It's fake meat, and yes. when I went on to your show, I was – I had so many, like, things ready to say to, like, cut this thing down. Like, I was just going to destroy it. And I ate it live on the air. Yes, you did. You can vouch for this. I liked it. I, I mean – I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say I would go out and buy it every day, but I'm just saying I couldn't tell the difference because when you buy an Impossible Burger Whopper, they give you a real Whopper to compare it side by side, and I couldn't taste the difference. So like the the Impossible Burger and the regular Whopper to me tasted identical. And I kind of gave you some grief that night. Yes, you did. Right? And then I went and did the test the next day. And I'll contend that was a very good that Impossible Whopper. Surprising. And look, I I hear all the you know the anti-vegan people. Look, then no one's forcing us to have an Impossible Whopper. If we if it's a choice that we have, if they force us to have it, I can understand. <laughs> yeah, but but the anti-vegan people got to calm down here. It's about choice and options there. Well, it's more. It's not like a great burger. It's just I think it says more about how bad the regular Whopper is. I don't know. Whopper's okay. It's I'm not doing handstands over a Whopper. Yeah. Well, the I thing think that, it's gone down. The thing for me about the regular uh, Whopper is they um, they like inject it with like this fake like charbroiled. They want to make it taste like oh, it's, that's a charbroiled hamburger. So I think they like spray it with like uh, something. What? It tastes like fake charbroil <laughs> on the regular Whopper. But the but the the Impossible one didn't have that. It just tastes. I mean, like, it was really good, actually. Jordan, don't forget to put some of those comments up on screen. There's some good ones. I don't like any of these comments. You don't want to? Sean McDermott said they're both soaked in the same artificial meat flavor. Uh, it's Burger King here. I mean, we just got to – this is That's... not uh, This is not the uh, Fleming Steakhouse here. So, I mean, we, there's a level of expectation. It's fast food. The Fleming Steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hey, Coop, so uh, because of that night, you know, eating the Impossible Burgers and stuff – now you and was it with Juan or was it with Bill? Something about well, okay. So I was in Rhode Island last weekend um, visiting my old partner Stogie Santa, um, and Juan had been in Rhode Island the week before. And there is a story that I've been able to confirm is true about Juan up in Rhode Island. In that uh, I guess they went to McDonald's at like two in the morning. And Juan tried to order a McLobster. Okay. Now, McLobster is a legitimate menu item, okay? But it is a very seasonal thing and a very regional thing in in in, um, in New England. So you, you can't get it all year round. You can't get it every place. And uh, I guess what happened is he got very upset that he couldn't get a McLobster at 2 in the morning at the drive-in. And according to his uh, the story from his sales rep and other people, uh, I guess they were thrown off the drive-through line. Okay. Yeah, so, so Juan did not get a McLobster. Um, now, here's, <laughs> here's the thing, okay? Juan, you're in New England, okay? You can't find a, a good lobster roll sandwich. Um, 
that is just a, a big miss there, how you couldn't find a good lobster roll sandwich. So in honor of Juan, now I'm not in, I'm, I couldn't bring something back from New England, but we have, um, we have in, in North Carolina, we have a uh, truck that comes by. It's like an ice cream truck, but it's a, it's a lobster truck, and, and it's called Cousin's Lobster. Have you heard of this? I have not heard of this. Okay, so it's a kind of the, truck. It, a lobster truck. They, they, they go outside like a local brewery, and they sell lobster sandwiches and lobster grilled cheese and oh. lobster tails. Um, and they're, they're not around all the time, but they happen to be around tonight, right? Um, so I picked up uh, – this, this has been sitting a little while, but I had it in a, a, a insulation. Let me see if I can hold that oh, up. Oh, my goodness. This is a Connecticut lobster roll. Holy this is not a lobster, okay? So – they don't make this with mayo. They make it with butter and lemon. Um, I'm just telling you, and it's got the top cut bun on there. This this is this is prime time. Okay, um, these are fantastic. These things. There's plenty of lobster. They fill you up. This is like I I had one earlier, and I don't know how I'm gonna finish the second one. Um, <laughs> that's your so, second one. To- <laughs> yeah, that's not like when Terrence Riley went to Philadelphia and posted the worst looking Philly yeah, cheesesteak in the world. That looks like a legit. Lobster roll. This, yeah, this is yeah, this is a they have a and like I said, this is legit. And I got this in North Carolina. Juan, you couldn't find a lobster roll in. I mean, I don't know. This it's an epic fail. And he was going to McDonald's at two in the morning to get a lobster. All right, so Coop, let's see you let's see you bite into that bad boy and tell okay. us, explain to us in great What's detail. Happening in your mouth. Yeah, give give us the cigar review of a lobster roll. Oh. I could hear it. I could hear. I can almost taste it. <laughs> almost taste it. So definitely, you know, you get that nice. It's a nice, soft lobster. It's not overly chewy. Um, you know, just a touch of that seafood shell taste that you get. You know, from the salt on it. Uh, the butter and the lemon just absolutely are coating this lobster, but it's not smothering it. So I'm still getting the good seafood flavor. <laughs> oh. Wait. Um, so what kind of sauces and stuff are on it? Just the lemon, or uh, just butter, the lemon, butter. butter and lemon. That's it. Okay. Um, and, and this is served a little warm, right? So I actually had this in an insulated bag for a while. So it's so, but, and they have a main lobster roll, which is similar, but it's chilled lobster with a little mayo. But the wow. Connecticut lobster roll is the one to go with, is what I'll just tell you from Cousins. And then I'm getting big hunks of meat here. Oh, my mm. God. Hey, Coop, so if you had to give that a uh, 1 to 100 rating, what would you give it? I'm going to go – I mean, I'm, I'm being very – I'm not. I'm not just saying. I don't pull a lot of ninety threes out on cigar coupe anymore. This is a ninety three. <laughs> wow. Holy. I see. I would think like ninety three would be like Morton's Steakhouse or something. This is not cheap. That's seventeen dollars for that lobster roll. But you get a lot of lobster. You get a lot of flavor. The the, the quality of the lobster is really good. It's not. Um, th- these. They've been on some TV shows. This cousin's lobster truck. Um, you can look them up online. Um, and they have a nice lobster bisque soup that you get with it too, which I, I highly recommend as well. They make a great lobster bisque soup. Um, and lobster grilled cheese is another thing. Maybe I'll do that next time. But I didn't think the grilled cheese would hold up till nine o'clock. Coop, can you see this comment? What does lobster roll pair with? <laughs> you know, it would pair with a nice Connecticut. Sh- I, I have a Maduro. Ooh. I'm smoking a Maduro tonight, but I probably should have went with a Connecticut shade with this one. Yeah, you, know, you get a little, that little bit of you know that lemon. So I put the cigar down because it's probably going to overload. But I'd probably go with something in the mild to medium range of, of a cigar. I wouldn't go heavier. So I'm going to finish my lobster roll and then go back to the cigar. You want to allow the lobster roll to shine. It looks to yeah. me. It looks to me like you're smoking a uh, Perdomo 20th anniversary. 
Maduro. I, I'm telling you, I am really, I am really appreciating a lot of the cigars that Perdomo's making lately. All those twentieths are super good. And, and I'm telling you, Eric, I smoked the new, um, the ESV he's got coming out in the Sun Grown, and talk about a, a cigar that was a star of the show. Mm -hmm. Is that cigar people? People when that cigar hits the shelves are going to be very, very pleased with that cigar. All right, Coop. I might. I don't want to. I don't want to one up you or anything because that's not. This is your show. This is your show. That's, that's not the way I roll. But I, I don't know if it's one upping. I, no, this is this is definitely one upping in the wrong direction. Yes, it's this is one upping in the wrong direction, Jordan. One down. Coop, I went to KFC Kentucky Fried Chicken, and I got the new. Let me open this up. Mac and cheese bowl with spicy chicken, with the spicy chicken. This is the thing I got the press release on. Exactly. And by the way, I want to thank KFC for sending a press release. You got a press release on this? Wow. Yeah, yeah this press release. KFC does press releases. They don't fool around here. And you're on the I, list, huh? It's on my Facebook page. Yeah, I put it up. It's through PR Newswire. You can get it. Yeah. All right. Here we go. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this. I'm I gonna, love it. I'm going to get some. Uh, I got some cheese. I got some chicken. Oh. All right. Now, how so, so this is—is is that original recipe or extra crispy? Do you get with it? You have an option with that. This looks like original, and I gotta say, on first bite, not very good. Really? No, it's sort of like um, God. <laughs> the, the cheese, the cheese, and the mac—the mac and cheese part of it sort of tastes like lotion, like you know, like body lotion, like some oh something that you'd. You know, if, if you had a sunburn, you'd rub on yourself. Jeez. Um, Jeez. <laughs> I, I'm, you know, I'm not The chicken's sure how not so bad. Yeah, the original recipe's pretty good, actually, of theirs. Yeah, the chicken part isn't What's so bad. What's in that recipe? I, who knows? It's the, the kernel hides yeah, uh, his 11 herbs and spices. Thank you. That's yeah. the correct response. It's top secret. All right. I'm going to give this a, uh, a 68. Oh jeez! Oh my God, it's that bad. I'm gonna give it a 68. I'm, I'm, How is the, the chicken part? Is not good. The either? chicken part isn't bad, but the mac and cheese part ruins it because it tastes like lotion. Oh my! All right, last bite. I'm. I'll see if I'll change my rating. What you gotta do is go to Noodles and Company, get their mac and cheese, throw those, that throw that chicken in there. Devouring. I'm devouring this right. mm. The chicken. If I was rating just the chicken, I'd give it an 82. But because I'm rating the, the whole meal together as a unit, what did I say, 62? You said 68. 68. All right. I'll, you stick, ever I'll stick with 68. You ever combine restaurants? Like before Chipotle had queso, I would go get a Chipotle burrito, and then I'd go to Qdoba and get their queso. Jordan. Sometimes. way too much work. Yeah, I know. Maybe somebody in the group wanted way too Qdoba, much and I wanted Chipotle. Hey Coop, you know what I'm, the you know what I'm smoking, Coop? What you smoking? I'm smoking this Nat Cinco Liga Number no. Five, uh, 1965 anniversary. So you know that cigar made the top 25. Nat Chico made the top 25 last year, and I was telling people that that cigar is a very good cigar. It is very good. You're right. Um, and you know that Dean Parsons is now hooked up with these guys from Epic. Yeah. Um, and he's been, he came through Charlotte. Um, so I, you know, and I had already tried it and, and I know that the shop that he came into, uh, after smoking that brought, brought that line in immediately. 
So let's talk a little bit about cigars. Why not? What? Let's talk a little bit about cigars. Uh, Coop, this, let's talk about three cigars that you smoked this week. And Jordan, you can chime in and I'll chime in. All right. Three cigars that we smoked this week and how we feel about them. So I'll start. I smoked the new Espinosa Habano Lancero. Awesome. I love that cigar. Yes. It's a, the Lancero is a great size. I've never, I don't think I've ever smoked an Espinosa Habano that I didn't like. Love them. That's the go-to. If you don't know where your, your palate seems like it's off or something, exactly. you just go back to an Espinosa Habano. It'll tell you, oh, yeah, your palate's off. Tell, right? It tells me where I am. Right. It's, like, it's like a compass, like centered, bam, right there. Mm-hmm. All right, Jordan, how about you? What have you, what did you? What's something you smoked this week? I smoked, hanging out at Rocky Mountain's uh, Cigar Fest, we were hanging out with Skip, handed me a Neanderthal LH, the super amped up Ultra Lajero version. He says it's the strongest cigar he's ever smoked. And it was very strong. The interesting thing was it doesn't, like, like bite you, you know? Like, sometimes you think a cigar is strong, but really it might just be, like, kind of harsh. This was actually pretty smooth. And then and an inch in, all of a sudden, yeah, you kind of start to, to feel a little bit. And it was pretty strong. Okay, Jordan, that, that hot chicken has to make me uh, wipe my nose, so take me off the screen for a second because my nose is running. <laughs> take me off the screen. There you go. Go finish, Jordan. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Well, I'm going to add coop. All right. But the interesting thing was, during all this, you were telling Skip that cigars' strength never affects you. Right. That's true. And he, he was kind of like, well, I'll, we'll find out. And But the interesting thing is, right. you were smoking the cigar with us. That's true. Nothing Nothing crazy. All of a sudden, you Irish goodbye us, and you were just gone <laughs> the rest of the night. So I kind of think this one got maybe got you. Actually, and you were just gone. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. I don't even remember. Uh? I don't even remember smoking that cigar. I remember liking it, but right at that time, I got a call about the racetrack that I work at, and then my phone died. So I went to charge my phone, and then I fell asleep. So there you go. It was a good cigar. I, oh, I loved sure. it. I loved that cigar. It was actually, I can't wait to smoke it again. I have another one. I'm going to smoke it again. Really no, good it was, cigar. It was extremely good. Excellent for a strong cigar. All right, Coop, what have you smoked this week? Give us one. All right. Um, so I, I got this one up in Rhode Island, and uh, this is going to probably, how can I put it? This is one that is probably going to upset some people when they hear what Uh-oh. I have to say about it. Oh. I smoked uh, the Menelik by Foundation. Mm. And I just was disappointed in terms of I don't think that cigar is where it should be yet. Mm. Um, it was unbalanced, uh, and, and I love Nick's stuff. So I'm not saying that this is a cigar that by any means I'm, I'm discrediting. What I'm saying is I think this cigar was young, and it tasted young and unbalanced. Had some sourness. Not what I would expect from mm-hmm. Nick. So I did smoke it, and... I've seen some high reviews on this cigar, and if they're from the same batch I got, I'm not getting it. Well, it's so, interesting because you kind of said a similar thing when we did a t- initial testing on. Yeah, the show. when I when we did the uh, first impression show, Coop. Uh huh. We we me and Jordan we both smoked five cigars, <clears throat> different mm-hmm. cigars on the show, and it was our first impression of the cigar. Seven minutes. Seven minutes. We got seven minutes with each cigar, and that was one of mine. And I I think that was my not the. Not the not the worst, or even the second to worst, but I didn't rank that very highly. Right in the middle of the pack, I think. Yeah, I put it like right in the middle of the pack. So I I think there's something to to be said for what you're saying. 
but but I but I don't but I, we know Nick right, and we know Nick is not. This is this is look. This is a handmade product. It's very sensitive to time and aging. I'm by no means dismissing this product. Um, I will definitely revisit it at some point. Uh, but and I have some more cigars. But right now, it's not ready to be smoked. I I also wonder too, Coop. Don't you wonder a little bit if sometimes guys like Nick or Steve or even Skip can be a victim to their own success? Like you know, like they've had like you know six great releases in a row. Like bam, 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 bam. And then you have one, and it might be just a fine cigar, right? But it doesn't like grab you like the other ones, and yeah. so then you, you kind of. If it had been from any other brand, you'd be like, "Whoa, wow, it, this right, is good." Right, that could be right. That could be. But now you're expecting I mean, a lot, right? You know, and it's something. But here's the same thing. Sometimes it's low. If this was, and I'm not trying to pick on general, but if this was a general cigar, right? People would be, "I'm done with this." A lot of some people, not all people, "I'm done with this cigar. I'm never smoking it again," right? And that shouldn't be the case for general either. Um, I, I don't like the fact when a cigar is young when it tastes like, but I mean, Nick, Nick, just, if, I think if I'm giving the same consideration to Nick, you should give it to another company as well when that happens. But then there's always like, you, you get those IPCPR samples and you're like, even though they're supposed to be, yeah. you know, the real deal, you, you want to smoke it when the uh, official launch happens. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, this, uh, I mean, this was bought. I bought this one up in Rhode Island. So, oh, okay. Yeah, All so right, this was a show sample, so just so you know. Let's move on to our second one. I, I smoked a uh, Perdomo Factory Tour blend cigar, which I enjoyed, but didn't like nearly as much as the 20ths or some of the other stuff that I've had from Perdomo. So I'm going to give that one just a, a sort of like a this. Uh, which, which blend did you smoke at a factory? It was the Connecticut. Yeah, I mean, I would say of that when I've smoked that factory line, I, I again, I would go to the Maduro with a Sun Grown. Um, right. With that too. I've been smoking Perdomos every Monday because I love the twentieth. In fact, I had one right before the show started. I, I bought a box of these. I mean, this is just. I, I was actually Nick came into Charlotte, and I normally I go to events, and I'll be honest, I normally don't buy boxes, and I had one of these, and it was smoking that good. This Maduro, I said, I gotta get a box of these. Oh, is that Casey so Hogan? Casey has time to like. He has time to make a come comment. On the show. He has yeah. time to make a comment. He can't just be on the but show. But he just can't. You know, he he weasels out of the show. Oh man, I, I wish he know. wouldn't have even done that. I could pretend yeah. like he was busy doing yeah. something. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like like he was like fighting off the hurricane. Yeah. You know, like, I could imagine. <laughs> now he's just he's just sitting around. All right, Jordan. What's another cigar you smoked this week? I smoked uh, the Serie A from HVC Cigars, and I had never. I'd never checked their stuff Ooh, out before. I, I like the cigar. It was so incredibly good. Um, you know, they're one of the first to uh, ag- the Tepsa made cigars, all Aganorsa stuff. Um, it was just super complex. Uh, I can't. I don't have a bad thing to say about it. Nice. I I love that cigar. Um, and I smoked one of them up in Rhode Island as well. Because uh, uh, Stogie Santa was my mentor. He's like a huge HVC fan, and that cigar gets sneaky strong at the end too. Is what right, I'm Right. That's true. It amps up. A lot. Uh, but, it, but the flavor's all there with that. I also smoked that and really enjoyed it. So I yeah. guess it's three thumbs up on three that, thumbs up. that Rainier's a rising star in this industry. All right. Really all right, Coop, give us your second cigar you smoked this week. Um, You know, I've smoked a bunch of this line, but I hadn't smoked this size. It's the Aladino Maduro in the Corona size, um, which was one of the new releases that came out at IPCPR. Um, and, and I must say, the, the Corona size is the best size I've had of this blend to date. Um, great cigar. Um, you get a, a nice, some of those coffee, those woody flavors. Um, not Again, not overly sweet, not overly spicy. Um, I would put it um, in a medium range, you know, as far as strength and body go. Um, 
and it's a nice slow burning Corona too. So if you're looking for a Corona, that's you know this is a five by forty five by forty four. Um, you know you you can get close to you know forty five minutes with this with no problem. Well, I I love pretty much everything Aladino. You know the Jerry yeah. comes out with and the Aladino line especially. Now the Connecticut, I thought maybe it was a, a little lighter than I wanted it to yeah. be. It's pretty. It's very light. The Connecticut, That's very old school. Well, it's very everything old they school, do is old school. But he, yeah, all the Corojo stuff is amazing. I mean, amazing. The Maduro, yeah. the Reserva, all that stuff is amazing. All right, my final um, one of my three is the uh, Jacob's Ladder Brimstone by Southern Draw, which I smoked this week. And I got to say, uh, one of my least favorite Southern Draw cigars. Love Robert Holt. He's the man. By the way, this, the, uh, the Desert Rose is phenomenal. Oh, my gosh. It's absolutely phenomenal. Connecticut of the year so far for me. So far, the best Connecticut I think I've smoked this year. Absolutely awesome. Oh, oh unbelievable. But I, the I'm, Brimstone... I'm just a little too earthy, a little just not enough of a finish. I just I wasn't jazzed with the brimstone. It was almost a little too much of one. Like for me, what I was getting was it was almost like you drank Coca Cola syrup instead of like the carbonated <laughs> added water version. Sort of, of like a conde- like a condensed. Just too condensed. Like too there condensed. wasn't anything to balance that out. Yeah. So I'm gonna try it again. I'm gonna give it another shot at some point. But just my first reaction was. Not one of my favorite Southern Draw cigars. All right, Coop, what's your second, or your third, your final one that you smoked this week? Well, I feel like I'm giving Juan all the love tonight. I did a lobster <laughs> segment. But uh, I smoked the Protocol Famous Corona Gorda, mm. uh, which is kind of coming up in a review cycle. Hey, this is a great size that they did. Uh, this Corona Gorda size, um, yes. fantastic in the Themis. Um, and I would pro- I know they love their Lanceros, but I think these guys make really good Corona Gordas right now. Um, and I definitely, like I said, I, I enjoy it. It has, uh, it's just in that format. I just find it gives a little more body than the Lancero may give. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you're getting more of that wrapper than maybe on the Robusto that you're getting right now. Um, like I said, uh, everything you'd want, but I kind of felt the flavors just had that little bit more of an of an edge and a slight little more bite with this Corona Gorda. So yeah, um, I, I recommend this one highly. I love the whole Themis the line. Themis is my favorite blend from them, and that's probably the best size. That is a really, really good cigar. Really, really yeah, good. Yeah, I, 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 I said, they really, I know they love their Lanceros, but every Corona Gorda I've had, um, and I've also smoked the official Misconduct, which is very good in that size, too. So, um, uh, is that, was, that, was that all three of our threes? That I had it. three. Yeah, Jordan. Uh, I didn't do a three, but oh, Jordan, that's okay. let's, let's hear your third. No, let's hear your third. I, I did uh, the. Tatuahai Mexican Experiment, the oh, re-release right, for this year. Right, right, right. right. Um, started out really promising. Not, you didn't do the ME2. I didn't do the ME2. I've heard the ME2 is phenomenal. Um, I just did the re-release of the Mexican Experiment and started out really good. Uh, but I, I do think it dropped off at the halfway point. Um, I don't know if those things need age or what, but it just kind of just... I'm, I'm looking forward to try the Me Too. Wasn't much flavor after the halfway point. Because I've heard good things about the Me Too. Have you tried it that was- one, Coop? Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was good. I, you know, funny thing is I haven't smoked the re-release of the ME, which is the old Mexican experiment. Right. Um, um, and I just haven't done that yet for whatever. But that, you know, that Mexican experiment was a, was a cult favorite cigar. I kind of thought those MEs would have went a little quicker, considering if you, I don't know if you remember when they came out the original Mexican experiments, people were going crazy for that cigar. Oh yeah, my all-time favorite Tatuaje is the CQ One. 
and I have yet to try the CQ2. So, Jordan, um, let's skip the mid-commercial break. Skipping it. We're going to skip it just because we had issues early. But I want to thank JR Cigars for sponsoring the show. Uh, without JR Cigars' help, hey, JR Cigars is starting their third year with um, Smoke Night Live as of September. So, JR Cigars, the world's largest cigar store. Hey, we did the Psychedelic Turtle with them, then we did the Room 101 Noodles with them. Great folks. Um, so, thank you to JR Cigars for sponsoring the show. Please support the sponsors, guys. That's how we continue to do all the crazy stuff that we do on the dojo giving away cigars, having fun, all that kind of stuff. So, um, JR Cigars uh, has been a. a loyal supporter of Smoke Night Live, and that's how that we make that happen. But since this is kind of a uh, test show, I don't want to, I don't want to, um, you know, I don't want to. Are you saying I can't handle it? Yeah, I'm I saying. I can't handle the commercial no, break? No, I, I think you can handle the commercial break. But let's just go right into the next segment. Um, Coop, the next segment is today. I saw you ranting a bit on Facebook about um, something called... Um, uh, cigar uh, certified cigar reviews by Tobacconist University. Can you explain what what, what th- that's all about? Yeah. So I mean, first of all, let me just say I I really admire cigar um, Tobacconist University. Um, they've provided some really good educational materials for people over the over the years as far as that goes. Um, and what I'll also say about that is, you know, it was created originally. Let's keep this in mind for for the retailer um, in terms of helping retailers be certified, right? So they created a university program to help certify retailers. Um, then they expanded it to, you know, other roles in the industry, including a uh, a consumer uh, piece of that right now. So I want to just kind of disclaim that by saying I am a – I like what they've done okay. with that. Um, however, they've done something today that I really feel, and I'm just – I'm, I'm flabbergasted that Cigar Meteor is not all over this right now, <laughs> all right? And and that is they've created something called a certified cigar review program, okay, where they're certifying cigar reviews. And where I have the issue of this is I don't have an issue that they're crowdsourcing reviews. I think it's great that they're encouraging a community to do that, okay? But what they're doing here is – if basically, if you are a retailer, a certified retailer, you could um, participate in this program at no cost. However, if you're not a certified retailer and you don't have that retailer certification, you got to pay $25 to do that. Hmm. And that's where I'm just like, this is wrong. Okay, this is completely wrong because it's what they're doing here is they are they are trying to obviously get the retailers to assess these cigars um and retailers unfortunately look i have no problem with retailers getting in the media game okay we see it nick does a great job for you guys with with with, when he's on right i see that right abe does a great job with smoke in right when you start reviewing cigars that you're selling yes that's where i start and i know you guys don't do that we never do it no Right. This is where I have a problem that now the retailers who are selling the cigars are going to be doing the reviews. And because they're doing it for free, this program is probably going to be dominated by retailers. And because it's part of Tobacco University, this could get picked up very easily by cigar companies saying, oh, look, Tobacco University is certifying this with, with a review score. 
I just have a real problem with that. I mean, take out – just give it to everybody who wants to be a part of the program, and, and I'm fine with that. I think what we need to do is reviews. We need to have standard criteria of things we need to cover in the reviews and accurate information. That's what I would love to have seen Tobacco University do here. This is just this is just garbage what they've done. And, I, and, and, it's gonna, and there's going to be an editorial on Coop on this. But, but again, I want to kind of disclaim I don't have a problem with retailers being in the media. Okay, Again, I'm part of KMA. There's some good content you get. It's just this is crossing the line, I believe. My my big issue with it, Coop, is the the website. What was this made in 1990? I mean, uh, look, I I don't mean to be ticky tacky, but this this <laughs> this looks this like is terrible. <laughs> this looks like something that you know. I've been in the web design business since the beginning. I since, could just have typed this thing up in like 15 <laughs> minutes. I've been in the web design business since I don't know since the web's been around. And that's got to be – that's literally something that we did in, like, 2005. I mean, what's the deal there? I mean, that's – I'm assuming that they've got some money behind them. Um, anyways, uh, that's sort of crazy. So you're going to do an editorial on this and kind of lay it all out for us as to why yeah. this is a bad yeah. idea. Yeah, no, but I – you know, and here's the other thing I'll just kind of to close out this topic. You know, the, 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 there's two questions I get on Cigar Coop all the time. One, where can I buy this cigar? And two, hey, do you have this cigar in stock? Okay. I get that question a lot, right? And I think I get that question a lot because a lot of retailers are in the review game right now. Mm. And I, you know, and that's why I just I think there's a point where you have to just say this is the line we cannot cross as retailers here. But I implore Tobacco University fix this pro charge. Either charge everybody or charge nobody. Make it an and make it. I think a crowdsourcing thing is great to have with that. But but do not do it the way it's done right now. If, if the cigar industry don't support this either, is what I'm telling you. They're <laughs> charging me as a consumer to review cigars. I could I for a similar price, I could probably just whip up a little website and yeah. review cigars. Exactly. Uh, cigar Weekly's been doing it for twenty something years, and they do you know a nice job with it. So a lot of reviewers started to, started on Cigar Weekly, um, and they're a great community to, to go do that. There's other places, um, you know, I even know some of the Facebook groups would do that as well. So you don't need to go. Do, but what's going to happen is if the retailers start doing that, I just really feel what that could turn into. You right. know who's already done the crowdsourcing cigar ratings pretty well? Cigar Wars. Cigar Wars. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Cigar no. Wars is a great You don't have to pay for it. It's not to pay for it. You don't have to. And you don't have to edit it. Yeah, you, know, you don't even have to. You don't have to write anything. You just yeah, you left click, click or right click. <laughs> it's super yeah. easy. Yeah. Um, hey, Coop. Here's a. This is a topic I wanted to cover with you on the show tonight. Um, so this is sort of interesting. The fact that, like, as a cigar smoker, like I, I still consider myself just mainly a cigar smoker. Like I don't consider myself a cigar expert or anything. But at the same time, I've been. Because of what I do, I've been involved in the industry, met a lot of people, met cigar reps, met brand managers, met retailers, met just about everything. And so, like, you, you do see another side of the business when you meet these guys and stuff. And so I was going to ask you, and then I'll, I'll ask Jordan, and I'll even give some of my own thoughts, is what are some things that the average cigar hobbyist would be surprised to know about in the industry that they don't know, like secrets of the industry? Like, are there some things that happen with inside the industry that your cigar hobbyist would be surprised to know? Do, do yeah. you have anything that's what strikes you as things that like would might surprise your average cigar smoker that goes on behind the scenes? 
I think this is going to surprise the average cigar smoker, okay? Someone who's a little closer may not, but um, you know all these one-time limited releases that are in cute packaging? Yes. About 90% of them are not projects. They're factory overruns that are just bought out. Ah. They're, they're packaged up nicely. I'm saying 90% of them. They're packaged up nicely, and they're sold out. And the reason why they're never made again is not because of the tobacco. It's because they don't know what the heck these blends are. <laughs> and, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and, that's, and that's what's going on with 90% of these. Now, I know you guys do some projects, and I'm not saying – there are some that are legitimate. I'm, I'll be honest with you. Um, but about 90% of them aren't. Well, I I know that's true, and I know the brand that's the worst at that. I won't say it, but there's about th- there's about there's about two or three of them. There's two of them especially, um, and I think people would be horrified with one what one of them is. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I know for a fact uh, for ours, we it takes us a year to do them, and so we're extremely involved with the blend itself. Well, and of course we get we'll get a blend, and we'll say hey, do this. Right. We'll get a and new so blend. They're made. They are made specifically. For our our projects, but I do know but that happens. I do know and that that, that happens. was going to be my point. Almost exactly the same thing. Coop was just that so many of the cigars are out there are are just another cigar that a brand had previously, and then uh, they kind of phased it out, and then now that no, anybody has kind of forgotten about it, and then they just yeah. bring it back with a new band on. Look, Ro- Robert Caldwell's been very open about what he's been doing with that, and if anything, Robert Caldwell probably revealed the secret. Okay, what lost right. and found. Right. It's been going on for years, okay? The problem I have is these guys who said, we got this 11-year-old tobacco. We, it's been, you know, we, we can't get this tobacco anymore. We were, we were given this tobacco, and, and you know, um, we, we had this aging in the humidors for five years, and now we're ready to re- – that, and that doesn't happen. And by the way, this is not just small little companies doing this, okay? These are bigger companies that I can tell you are doing this as well. That believe me, there's a lot of stuff in these big factories, and they're doing it. Um, so my my first one, Coop, is this. Um, so Jordan, y- Jordan, yours and Coop's were very similar. Um, mine is a little different in that um, this would be surprising. I, I don't know. It seems surprising to me. It just because it it did surprise me once I got in the industry and sort of saw this, but. It's amazing how so many brand reps, uh, retailers, um, even brand or um, uh, you know representatives, ambassadors, whatever you want to call them, of cigars, aren't really that into cigars. Like you'll see so many, and I'm not going to name names or anything, but you'll see so many of these guys. Like when you meet them, they're not smoking cigars; they're smoking like cigarettes or something. And that always just—I don't know why. And it's not a bad thing. I'm not cutting them down. I'm just, it would just surprise me a little bit. Like, I'm so into cigars. So, like, you know, I go to the cigar shop or the cigar event or whatever and meet with these guys. And, like, I want to just smoke their cigars, try it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm totally into it. Like, that's just my 1,000% focus is I dig premium cigars. And then I'll go there, and then the guy, he's just, like, smoking like Marlboros. And I mean, <laughs> I'm not, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. I I don't know. I mean, uh, it, I'm not saying it. I'm not cutting them down. I'm not. I'm just it's surprising. It's just surprising. Yeah, it takes away kind of the fun of it. You're like, oh, <laughs> you're not even. Yeah, you're not like. I'm more into this than you. Like I'm. Yeah, like I'm. I'm like more freaked out about this. I'm more freaked out about your product than you are. Right. You know, and that's that was a sort of like a surprising, odd thing to me, man. I mean, like 
obviously they can't be smoking all the time, but, no. but when they smoke a cigarette, that's just like, just punched to the gut. Yeah, it's like, I, I, I don't know, it's kind of weird. Or like, I've seen guys vaping and stuff. I mean, again, I'm not saying like this is like a sin or something. I'm just saying it was surprising. That's all I'm saying. All right, Coop, what, what's another one that, you, uh, that you've noticed that might be surprising to some folks? This is, I'm going to get in trouble for this one, I know. Um, but um, the concept of national sales manager... <laughs> You've been talking about this a lot lately. Yeah, uh, but I want to kind of maybe I've been talking about we've been talking about a lot, but it's all bullshit, okay? <laughs> In a lot of cases, all right, all right. Because okay, here's here's the case. How many times do you see a small company say we're ready to hire a national sales manager, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And what is happens with that national sales manager? They become a national sales rep, okay? The way I kind of see, the way I would see it done, is I'm a small company, and I start hiring the sales force, and the sales force reports into me, and then at some point, I say, you know what, I can't manage that sales force. Then I hire the national sales manager. That's the right. Like Espinosa is a good example that did that, right? They brought in, um, they brought in Jack to do mm-hmm. that. To, you know, Fernando had that role a while ago. Uh, Saka has some sales reps that he had hired, and he brought Dave Lafferty in to have that. But I see these other companies, a higher – why would you incur the cost of a full-time employee to build up the sales force when you're not, re- when you're not at a point to manage that sales force? I know yet? you're not going to give any examples, but I really wish I could hear some. <laughs> well, just, just look at the companies that – I mean, because look at the companies that have had national sales managers who have become national sales reps, and then they're gone never to be, uh, ne- never to be replaced in that role again. Coop, how would you define – National sales rep versus national sales manager. National sales manager is responsible for uh, collecting the numbers of all the sales reps, doing the forecasting, uh, obviously keeping budgets, uh, you know, those types of things, approving price discounts, things like that. Okay. Um, what I see a lot of these national sales managers do, they're doing events. Like I don't get why a national sales manager is 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 doing an event. I'm sorry. Now there's certain cases I think with certain brands. Like I think Balmoral is a good example with Zev, where um, he's got some experience at, with that brand, and he's doing he's kind of doing both is what I'll say uh, with that. But I see other national sales managers where they're doing events because they don't have a rep at all, um, and they're doing events all over the freaking country. <laughs> uh, wh- where's the rep doing this? Is my question. Um. All right, Jordan, what's what's something else that you've uh, been surprised <clears throat> about over the years that uh, maybe regular Joe Blow cigar smokers like myself would be shocked about? I don't know about shocked, but mine is more towards, like, brand runners. And, like, when when you first get started, you think, oh, there's this guy. He He's the face of the brand. He goes down to the factory. He, oh, man, this guy makes such good cigars. Um I really like his palate, and then most of the time he has nothing to do with it. Oh yeah, the cigar making <laughs> at all. I had that. Like every once in a while they do, you know, but there's so often there it's like they's just they're just the face. They have nothing to do with the blending at all. Right, and so then your your like your your uh, your vision of them is shattered. Right, just because you thought, just wow, guy. this guy really is doing the nuts and bolts of it, but he wasn't. Well, they're saying they're doing the blending. Right, and they're part of the blend. There's a difference of blending the cigar and being a part of the blending process. And I think what you see is you see the lines are very blurred with some people. Sure. Right. Right. So, um, 
that's where I've seen like a master blender. He's responsible not just for creating the blends and working with the rollers and things like that. He's he's he is the one who is doing overall quality of the cigars, making sure they're consistent from year to year. Which is like you know, I know Skip's very very particular about that blend. I don't even think he calls this guy Esteban a master blender, right? Mm-hmm. But he was he's probably very close to one, and he's making sure that that production is very very similar. But there's other guys that are saying they're creating these blends. How many times are they actually down in the factory? Right, I feel like they're, they're, they're not hand selecting tobacco or anything like that. A lot of these guys are more along the lines of what uh, we are. Like I don't, we don't consider ourselves blenders in any right. We just we say, oh, we kind of want this profile, and they send us some samples, and then we smoke them. And we're like, oh, maybe make it a little sweeter, and then they send us some more samples. You know that kind of stuff. Right. And I guarantee you they're completely different blends when they do that. It ain't like they went back in and put another leaf. You know, sure. I they, 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 And I'm not saying they've given you something off the shelf. I guarantee you they went back to the drawing board and did that. There's someone actually working that piece. All right, I'll do my last one. Um, and I can't prove this one. Like, so like, I'm just going to say that right now. I can't prove it. I don't know that this is true. But I have some good indications, some good hints come my way. But a lot of companies... And I'm I'm gonna mainly include like media cigar media companies and other companies get bought and sold, yet no real money changes hands. Like the company gets <laughs> bought and the company gets sold, but really no, nothing changes. Nothing. No actual dollars were transacted in any way some guy quit basically yeah it's like it's like somebody quit or somebody didn't want this anymore and they said okay yeah well you can you buy me out okay i'll buy i'll buy you out for uh, this you'll get uh i'm gonna send you some boxes of cigars and then boom we're done you know like that kind of thing like it seems like um some of that stuff's just imaginary uh, you know you know here's a good example and now this one, there's there's stock changing hands, but like we see like um, certain companies that were owned by uh, J.R. Reynolds, and then they got rid of them, and now they're gonna bring them back in. It just seems like it's just all just kind of like wishy washy. It's it's like a press release. That's pretty much it. Well, there's what's happened is there's you know look, it's not you you we've heard it. It's not cheap to get in the cigar industry. So there's someone who is who is basically the person who is. Uh, "Quote unquote," the head of the company, um, they probably have profit sharing in the company, but in reality, there's someone with the money behind the scenes that you never see. And that, I can tell you, there's companies out there that do that, and I pro- I would get in huge trouble if I said that. But <laughs> but um, it, I do. I can. There's companies that we both know that are in that boat. Right. Um, so that's what happens a lot of times. Is it? It's not. There's never ever really a transaction that's happening there. It's sometimes someone's giving up their profit sharing or something like right, that. Exactly. Or, right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, um, Jordan. Let's give. Oh, this was Coop. Oh, okay, Coop. What do you have? Another? Sure. You have a last one that uh, that would surprise some folks, maybe. Yeah, you know, and this is this. I I know this may still surprise people with the, uh, but maybe it it, uh, it won't with the FDA. But those a lot of these new blends you're getting, um, they are they are re- they are and this I think happened even before FDA they are recycled okay they are something else that is now basically um, getting a new coat of paint on it with with some packaging that's sort of what Jordan uh, said earlier yeah yeah it's um but but, but especially with surprised. the FDA blends right like but yeah and but you would be surprised that this is there's stuff that you may see discontinued that comes back completely as something else and maybe lands with another company. Mm. With that, 
Um, so it's kind of like a little, I was kind of building maybe on what Jordan said with that. Do you have an example uh, of one one landed with another company uh, that I can prove? Oh, come yeah, on, yeah. you know I thought you might have had one on your top. I want to let's throw it out there, man. Let's get to the no uh, because I don't have proof and it wouldn't be right. Okay, but no, uh, no they, rumors, no teasers. No, no. I mean, it, but but I, it's strong. But I've been there's some off the record stuff I've been told. Okay, that hey, you know what that really is? It's really this cigar. Oh, by the way, yeah, we we had it in this other size that we we did release to like one store or something like that. Um, so, but yeah, and and, and the other thing I'll tell you is, I'll even this is like another one. You know, we all we all Jordan and I and you we, we get wrapped around the axle wrapper binder filler, and and a lot of times it's not what it says it is. Mm. True. Yeah, I mean, I, and I can tell you, I've seen that in the factories. Like, I've seen, oh, you have that tobacco. Yeah, but we can't talk about that. Uh, <laughs> well, there's some, yep. there's some really famous, famous examples of that, yeah. which we can't say. But, like, some of the most well-thought-of cigars in the world have wrappers that... Are not a puro when they're supposed to be. Exactly. Yeah, or something's like, you know, from, from uh, you know, Ecuador, and it's not, you know, or... Or vice versa. All right, Jordan, what's your last What's your uh, last one? My last one is Plume Does Not Exist. <laughs> Come on. All right, this is a controversial topic. controversial. Top. Coop, I don't know if you've heard this one yet. I did hear part of this. All well, right, so Jordan, go ahead and uh, well, starts, lay this out. It starts with the forum, uh, Australian forum. I, uh, do you know the name of it? Friends of Habanos. Yes. Yeah, Friends yep. of Habanos. Yep. That's and it. they had some buddies that were had labs, and they could... They had guys from all over the forum send them cigars that had what they thought would be plume. And so they have all these different examples of what plume could be. And they have gone under the microscope and they've taken photos of these things like super macro. So you can see just like ultra detailed of what it would look like. And every single time it comes out as some some form of mold. And they have, I think there's an ongoing... Um, you know, if you send them in a cigar that actually does have plume, you get two hundred bucks. Or yeah, whatever, like if they if they could show like super macro version of this cigar, and it had crystals of crystallized oils on the surface, they would send you like five hundred bucks worth of cigars or something like that. Now, on the on the other hand, it could be a great scheme by these guys to get a bunch <laughs> of good cigars. <laughs> It's possible. <laughs> no, but I have asked tons of knowledgeable uh, factory guys, farm guys about this, and most of them say either they don't know or, yeah, that I've never heard of that being an actual thing. Yeah, so I want to know. We need to somehow get to the bottom of this. Is there really such a thing as plume? And if so, is it just a, another form of mold? Because the idea with plume is supposed to be crystallized oils from the cigar and the sugars and the oils, but these guys say, based on science, that that's not true. What do you think of that, Coop? I, I mean, I've I've heard people say that. I have heard that. Um, so I'm not. I'm. I'm going to be honest. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I have heard this theory. I'm not ignoring this theory. Let me put it like this: I'm not really attracted to a cigar that's loaded with plume. Hmm. Like I don't know about you, but it just it doesn't really interest me. Um, it just looks like it's been compromised at that point because of whatever is on it. Well, I've definitely so, never – I've smoked cigars that I thought had plume, and I've never thought like, wow, this is way mold. better. 
Right. <laughs> yeah, and that's a good point. Right. It's it, right. You, you, wow, this is no. I mean, it, I just haven't had that. So I know, like when we were doing Stogie Geeks, we were trying to identify it once, and we said something was was plume, and we were called out that it was mold, and we went back and showed the cigars to someone, and it was mold. And I, so, I think there's, you so, know, obviously yeah. there's tons of different types of mold, and you, so you, the argument against it would be, yeah. um, well, why isn't this, why isn't this spreading to my other cigars? I, I don't think all molds do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be, yeah, I'm, this is, I'm not sure, but I don't necessarily ignore this theory that you're saying. Here's one thing for sure: is if there is such a thing as plume. It cannot be on a box. <laughs> cannot of grow cigars. on the box. It can't grow on the box or on, or on the cellophane. <laughs> because I've been to shops where there's been mold on the box, and I've said, "Oh my god, you guys got mold on these boxes!" And they're like, "No, oh, that's plume." And I'm like, "No, it's not. It yeah, it, the, it's theoretically the impossible." The sugar's crept up onto the box lid. <laughs> it's and... theoretically impossible that this could be. Plume, if even plume exists, it's theoretically impossible that it could be growing on the boxes. I mean, I've seen I've seen people confuse dust with plume. Yeah, and right. and stuff, there's stuff in these in these humidors that's dust. Now I, I now and just to add to this conversation, I have an Opus X Power Ranger at home that I would say is the best example that it actually has plume. What could be plume on it? But I, I'm not looking at it through a, a, a macro microscope. You know what I'm saying? It has to be, in theory, an even, perfectly even fine coating of right. almost like powdered sugar. You barely can almost even see it unless you held it up to the light. But I don't want to send that but cigar to these guys because I want to smoke it. Exactly. I want to smoke that cigar. It looks amazing. Yeah. I don't think it exists. <laughs> All right. So enough of that. Although I will add one last one just for fun. The last one I'll add is the guys in the cigar industry that are sort of like have these like big personalities um, that are like eccentric, like cigar personalities. Deep down inside, all of them have like a regular personality, and I've seen every single one absolutely, of them. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. I've seen all of them the, just be. I a, wish you could talk about the best example. Of be that. a regular guy. Not then. I like their personalities. It's fun. That it makes the cigar industry fun. But every single one of these guys, and they're awesome. They all have. If there's a topic that you can bring up or something that you can bring up that will bring them back to reality and they'll just be for a, a second or a moment or five minutes <laughs> a regular guy. All right, it's time for our weekly top five, ladies and gentlemen. And this week's weekly top five is going to be the top five most overrated rock bands in the history of Earth. It's the weekly top five with no bad music, Jeff Todd. Weekly like top music. five. So... I, I think that this is how we should do our weekly top five. Um, I'm going to have Jordan just go through all five of his, and me and Coop can comment on his. I'll go yep. through all five of mine all at once, and me and Jordan, or uh, Coop and Jordan can comment on it, and then finally Coop can give his top five all at once, and then me and Jordan will comment on it. So, Jordan, the top – okay, so here's the thing. The most overrated band, rock bands in history, these have to be bands that people just – most the general population just thinks, God, that's the greatest rock band in history, or one of the greatest rock band in histories. And right. I bring this all up because I was looking at this Business Insider article the other day that caught my eye. The Business Insider article was the top 100 rock bands of all time. So I was like scanning this article, like looking down the article, and like every 
10 spots or something. There was just like a rock band that just stuck out in my mind. I was like, oh, how could that band possibly be on this list? They, they're terrible. How, why are so, people so excited about that? And I know on my list, I have at least two or three controversial ones. So, so these these yes. bands might not even be bad, right? Like they No, I'm not they saying might that they're not bad, be bad necessarily. They just are way overrated. Yeah. They're just overrated. Okay, and that's how I did my list, just, you know. And yeah. we're doing bands, we're not doing solo artists, correct? Bands. We're doing Yeah, I did bands. I did top bands, okay. Five bands that are the most So if you're watching this on Facebook, guys, feel free to chime in and Jordan'll put your comment up if it's a good one. So if you know of bands that people just think are the greatest bands in the world but you think oh they're not that good that's what we're looking for here all right jordan let's hear all right starting all, i'm doing all five you're doing all five let's start at five and go to number one for you i hope jordan. i don't do, accidentally do any of yours you, you told might me, but i forgot you I, might. I, I, I have some alternates so if you okay. do any of mine i can have alternates all right. all right first up i got the rolling stones oh come on what like like they're just carrying right off the beatles like what? Even, oh, the Beatles are almost overrated band. The Rolling Stones? I, I, come on. Sometimes people say that they're they're better than the Beatles. I, I can't comment huh. on this uh, one. Was this one yours? I can't comment on this one until I get to my list. Sorry. That's okay. So that's obviously going to be a controversial one. The Rolling Stones. All right, Jordan, what's your number four? All right. Red oh, Hot. Eric, Eric D. Espinosa, Eric Jr. says the Beatles. Now, I would totally disagree with that. See, the Beatles in a seven year, they were only around for seven years. But what they did in seven years, no one's ever had a seven year run like they did. Of course, they're still in, you can find the Beatles influence in almost any band today. <laughs> Robert, I mean, Robert Janowski said Nickelback, but that's just easy. That's too they're, easy. They're, that's not, the over, they're not even <laughs> overrated. Everyone knows they suck. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the Nickelback. Okay. All right, Jordan, what's your number four? All right, <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, really? No, come on! I can like I can almost like oh, please, please a B and Chad Smith are beasts on their instruments, uh, but I do agree yeah, to some extent. Uh, what I would expect the product to be is more so. They are they're talented. I feel like I can almost like smell them when you hear them play. You know, <laughs> they're always playing with their shirts up, it's all sweaty. I, and, but their music is just so boop a doop. I I think there are some. The bass. I think they've done some really really good songs, but a lot a lot of it good songs. A lot of it I don't like. Tissue is a great. They're overrated. All right, what's number three for you, Jordan? Jordan, I hate your list already. Oh, I gotta go. Okay, I like a lot of his music, but I gotta go. Bob Dylan. Yeah, totally. Yes. That's totally. Yeah, guys, guys can't sing. Like if you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you are, in my opinion, that's a good one. If you are a band where you have to put on a fake voice every time you sing, like that, that disqualifies you. Like he, when he first started, he just sang pretty normally. But then he gets into his later stuff, and he has to sing. <laughs> like you're, not, that's not your voice, man. That's a, uh, an act. Come on. Oh, Jordan, you're yeah. hilarious. <laughs> Jordan is—he gets so fired up about this kind of stuff. <laughs> All right, Jordan, number number two for you. Okay, number two, uh, I'm gonna go Radiohead. Oh, Radiohead. I agree. I'm agreeing with you, Jordan, on this one too. I love a lot of Radiohead stuff, but like, they're one of those bands where like your friend that like gets really into them, if you thinks that like he's just way more knowledgeable than you, if you say if you discredit them in any way, it's just oh. You just don't get it. Uh, well, get no, it. I do. I get it. Like they, they, they almost sound like uh, the soundtrack to a movie. There's no. Uh, it just kind of carries on in this. Uh, <laughs> I like the way Jordan imitates. 
<laughs> I like the way Jordan actually imitates the bands that he doesn't. That's like. what they do. They like. There's, it's you know when your friend all of a sudden gets into like instrumental music and you're like, there's there's nothing to latch onto there. I could just I could just listen to a movie soundtrack. It's there's. N- Jordan, how old are you? Thirty two. Thirty one. Thirty one. Jordan's like a sixty five year old in a thirty one year old yeah. body. I like I like his, I like most of his list. The Rolling Stones <laughs> I disagreed with, but 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 the list is solid. <laughs> yeah, you didn't like it. Uh, all right, number one, Jordan, for right. you. You too. You too. I don't know if it's what? Num- I don't know if it's like uh, my know. most underrated yeah. band, but okay. like that's just the way I structured this list. Now, why do you put U two on there? Because their first album was amazing. Okay, they have some good stuff. Boy, right? Was that no? Boy, boy. But at this boy. point, you got to remember. It was great. At Gloria. this point, you got to remember half of their catalog is their newer stuff. Now, at this, you know. Well, that's a good point. And, and their they, newer stuff they, is terrible. Everything since How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb has been. A bomb. It's just the how most... Did this, how did this man Atomic Bomb? It was an amazing album, though. Coop, uh, my my wife was at the famous Red Rocks show, you know, the, the YouTube. Oh, I have the album. Oh, my goodness. It's, yeah. got, hook me on Red Rocks. Yeah. Yeah. The, April, the April, wow. video, right? April, was, in, April was at that show. Wow. Wow. I was supposed to go, but for some reason I didn't go that night. Um, but I wouldn't put you two on there, even though even though I kind of agree that their their later stuff isn't that good. I, I wouldn't put them on there just because their early stuff is so... It's just the most generic rock I've ever heard. Unforget- Unforgettable life. Fire, uh, Act Young Baby. Uh, I think Joshua Tree is an overrated album, by the way. They, That's not my They were album. pretty good, though. Like, let's admit they're pretty good at like reinventing themselves. Because like, they were able to like stand the test of time, and they stayed together the same four guys. They, they did, and, and they, they are a great live band. If you can make it past like your first five albums... You can pretty much just hang around forever. Find an out. Al- find a band that's had three hit albums back to back to back. Very tough. Very tough. Very tough. You can have two at back to back. Three is tough. All right, I'm gonna do my my top five and see what you guys think about my top five. Starting at starting at the uh, the least overrated to the most. So overrated. I, I didn't rank mine like that. I just did them. Okay, that's fine. Okay, okay. Mine's ranked. Mine will be ranked. Okay, yeah. that's fine. Uh, I'm gonna do mine from the least to the most. So, uh, number one for me, which is to be the least overrated, but still way, way overrated, is the Talking Heads. The Talking Heads... I don't uh, even know what they do. Literally, (laughs) I feel like they were just making stuff up on the fly. And this is one of those bands where I kind of feel like it was like... Oh, you don't get the Talking Heads? You must. You're not as smart as me. Like that's you, my Radiohead. Right. That's your Radiohead. So to me, they, that's, had, they had a couple of albums and a couple of hits, but not a big body of work. Like Psycho Killer was pretty cool, right? Mm-hmm. Psycho Killer. Cool. That was a pretty cool song. Other than that, horrible. Like, literally, absolutely horrible. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I was like, it's like the crux. It's can like you, the crux branding. Can horrible. You do, can you do like an imitation of? of the band, like, come on! At least no. I was like, uh, stop making Santa. <laughs> like, just terrible, man. It's the, you can't sing along. I like a band that you can sing along with. You know, I want to sing along with the songs. But he's like sort of like talk singing. You know, like David Byrne can't sing, so he was sort of like talk singing. Now, flip side, Roxy music, which they were kind of you know like connected. Oh, Roxy music was amazing. Mm. Oh, absolutely. They got in the Hall of Fame this year, and they yes. were long overdue. Great bands. Yeah. Roxy oh, Music was amazing. Talking Heads sucks. Uh, so that's my that's right. un- over it. All right. Yeah. This, this should probably be my number one. In fact, I'm going to switch it, Jordan, just because you took this one. This, I'm sorry. This would have been my number one, but the Rolling Stones. And Jordan, Come on, you guys. Jordan, Jordan's right. If you follow the Rolling Stones like from the beginning to the end – 
initially all they were doing was copying the Beatles. Literally, they were mm. copying the Beatles to a T. Like if the Beatles did some sort of psychedelic song, the Rolling Stones would do some sort of psychedelic song. And then eventually the Beatles broke up and the Rolling Stones were still going and then they couldn't make their own music. Mm. They could not make their own music. They were terrible at making their own music. Now, we should add they are they are supposedly amazing live. They were just yeah. in Denver and they didn't sell out. They were in Denver, oh, really? did not even sell out. So but they are like the most successful uh, yeah. live touring band. Yeah, I think there's a lot of like because like right, like the Beatles oh are, like yeah. when I was a teen when yeah. I was a teenager, honey, I went and saw the Rolling Stones. You and your friend should go well, see the Rolling Stones. And every year they come by, you're like, oh, this is they're gonna die. This is the last time right. they're gonna come through, and we better go see them. Keith Richards will never die. That's probably we will. So. Rolling Stones. I'm sorry, Coop. No, listen. They were in the late sixties. You got to remember, the Beatles had raised the bar, and there were two bands that kind of, I think, were trying to tackle them. Uh, one was um, the Beach Boys, and the other one was the Rolling Stones. And I think the difference was, and, and I'll give you this: the Beach Boys innovated. The Rolling Stones didn't. And I'll gi- I'll give you that. But I think they have some amazing music. The Rolling Stones. Most of the somebody just said the Clash. You can't say the Clash no, was overrated. The Clash is one of the greatest bands of all time. The Clash. Right. How many people can name now, five Clash? Somebody songs. saying Sex Pistols, and I, I have to agree with that. That they were they were in that punk rock movement though. The Clash was great. I saw them at Red Rocks. Amazing, yep. amazing yep. band. Followed them from, I mean, the album Sandinista, three album set, incredible. Who does a three album set? I've heard of very few three album. You know, Johnny Don't Surf, Charlie Don't Surf, I mean, sorry. Um, all right, so here's my number three Green Day. Green Day. Oh, yes. I'm yes. with that one. Green Day yes. liter- literally killed punk yeah. rock. They destroyed punk rock. They, I, I grew up as a punk rocker in the 80s, and Green Day sort of like pop popularized punk and it pretty much ended you know that style of punk rock pop is exactly right they popped it they popped it Uh, they destroyed it yeah so green day apparently their first album or two was decent i don't i don't i don't don't go back that far but can you agree with that or no i don't know i all i know is i hate them and they they're like what like the 14 year old kid like oh man this is you know, pretty angsty. I better get into this. This is this is what punk is. And, exactly. And, and just the amount of political messaging they have in their in their lyrics. Come on. And now, now, punk generally is political, but but it's over the top. It, it's over the top, and it does. I don't buy it. Like I don't buy. Right. I don't buy it from them. They seem like they were all like you know well off kids, probably. You know, like you guys are millionaire capitalists at this point. Come exactly. On. And you're trying Drop to act. And you're trying to act like you know, like you're sleeping on your parents' couch or something. Come on. Anyways, all right. Uh, this one I know you guys are gonna you're gonna dig. Uh, this is the modern day version of the worst band of all time, Imagine Dragons. Ugh. I absolutely Ugh. hate this band with a passion. Here's what here's what Imagine Dragons. I'm not does. even familiar with them. I gotta be honest with you. Here's what Imagine Dragons do. They it's like SEO music. <laughs> It's like they think like, oh, let's make a song. This is like, you know, like fourth quarter and then it'll get played in every NFL stadium <laughs> in the world. Right. That's like this, their thing. Right. It's like it's just like it's just like make believe like we're just like aiming these songs. Jordan, well, I can't even now think I almost think it's it, almost insulting that you put them on this list because like I would of all time. Like I don't even think that they can register. No, Imagine Dragons is like in the in that in that Business Insider thing. They're like Ugh. pretty high. I mean, like this is a very very popular band. 
Absolutely horrible. This is what alternative music has become. Right. It's just so devastating. All right, so here's so, and then we'll get to Coops because I can't wait to hear Coops. But uh, my this was going to be my number two, but I had to switch the Rolling Stones because that was my number one. But my number one most probably most hated band of all time is Sticks. Sticks. But they're a little yeah. They're they're more theatrical though. I mean, that's the difference I would see with them. You know what? Here's what happened. Sticks was going along, playing their rock and roll music. Sort of, they're feeling like right. they're like REO Speedwagon or or Journey or Kansas. They're kind of in that genre, right? In that corporate rock world. And then like like New Wave came along, and then Sticks was like, "Oh well, we better be uh, more a little bit more New Wave. How about Domo Omegato, Mister Roboto?" <laughs> I was like, uh, "What the? I, it was it's terrible. Like Sticks is the worst band, maybe the worst band of all time. I literally." <laughs> When I hear them, I, I seriously, I just want to shoot myself. They're that bad. Coop, what do you think about Sticks? I, I, I like their theatrical sound they've brought. Uh, they bring a very kind of almost like a, a operetta type of feel to, to rock. Um, I do like them. I don't consider them maybe the greatest mus- um, you know, songwriters or anything like that by any means. But I, I, have, I have seen Dennis DeYoung perform live. He's very good. Um, I do think there, there's an overrated part of that i mean i would have a tough time putting together a 12 set 12 song greatest hits album with it so Kev- they have had some good stuff kevin acuff just said is sticks even popular enough to be overrated that's they what i'm were, saying about was huge when i was in junior they high were school. in the top 100 they were in the top 100 of all time rated by business insider Ooh, somebody said system of a down i don't even know system so of you have to tell me what was number one on that list after Oh, I, th- I, am. I think it was the Beatles. It was the Beatles. And so I'm not going to argue with that. It was the Beatles. Okay. But, the but Beatles was like the, the, the best on this list, you're saying? Yeah. The oh. Ro- Rolling Stones were number five. <sighs> number five. All right, here we go. This is going to be controversial because now it's time for Coop's top five most overrated rock bands in the history of Earth. All right, Coop, number five. What do we got? The Black Crows. Oh, that's a good one. Mm. That is a good one. They are one-dimensional. They are. They, I don't get. And I hear people. The Black Crows are coming to town. Like the Black Crows are getting back. I do not get the Black Crows. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? What is? What is so good about? No one can explain to me what is so good. I don't think most people can name maybe ten Black Crows songs either. I know I can't. You know. But everything I've heard, it's it's the same garbage. It's the same song over and over, right? Just slightly, yeah, yeah. slightly altered. I, I could, you know what? I'm 100 percent on board with you on that one. Wow. Okay. Because I usually get a lot of heat over that one. No, no, you, no heat for me on that one. That's a good pick. Somebody said Genesis. Um, Genesis is one of my favorites. I can uh, feel it in the air tonight. Is that what it's called? Is that the song? You know what the drum? That's, that's, that's Phil Collins solo. Oh right, 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 right. That's Phil Collins solo. Though. But Genesis right. is a band that went through a lot of iterations, and and my number one is going to be in that category. All no, right, so let's get your, let's get your number four, the Pretenders. Oh no, no, Coop, Coop, Coop no, no! Chrissy. They are, she is not a good vocalist. Let him and go. She's not songwriters, please. Oh no. Oh my god. The Pretenders as a band, I, I, they are terrible. I feel like Tommy <laughs> Boy right now. <laughs> I want to drive myself into a bridge and make me. <laughs> Coop, no, no. I'm sorry, the Pretenders are not. I don't get. It. I don't. Dude, there, I can name thirty female singers better than Chrissy Hine. No, Coop. She's one of the best. Listen to Kid. Oh my. I mean, 
She's amazing. Chrissy Hind is one of the best vocalists of all time. What are you talking about? I am sorry. I, I oh don't get it. Gosh. I don't get it. It's not beautiful at all. Well, at least we you you didn't agree with our Rolling Stones. We can't agree with this oh one. Oh, my gosh. I, I'll never look at you the same way again, Coop. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, Coop, I, I have to totally disagree with you on that one. The Pretenders are incredible. By the way, just about everybody from that band killed themselves. So maybe Coop is on to something. <laughs> <laughs> I should have said, what's the band that Coop and Karen are In Excess. Ah, that's what I should have said. No, I'm just kidding. No. Oh, God, um, that's sacred. Yeah. Uh, that's sacred. Yeah. Uh, I'm just kidding. All right, Coop, number three. Number three. Oh, boy. The, the, I'm going to see the uh, Wait, 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 wait. Before you do number three. Chris Flood just what? said, the, Chris Flood just said the Ramones. Chris Flood. And that, Chris, seek mental help because the Ramones. <laughs> was, he ever, was he in the Hall of Fame? Can we, can we, kick can we him take out? that out? Because the Ramones, they, if, if Green Day killed punk rock, the Ramones started built punk rock. They punk built rock. it, baby. They, they're the building well, blocks. You know, some of these, so, so many of these punk bands, people are like, yeah, it's so simplistic. There's only three chords. doesn't matter to me how many chords they're playing. It's just a good song. It's good. It's good. All right, so Coop, you're out. we're ready. What was this number three? Boy, am I gonna take Pete oh, on this? Oh jeez, kiss, kiss. Ah, okay, I'm, yeah, 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 I'm with you, man. Kiss uh, look, is terrible. Look, kiss, and I love, I love their persona. I mean, I grew up in in grade school with the makeup, and then when I was in high school, they took the makeup off and then they put it back on. <laughs> I just don't get the, they the took body it off? work. They took it off in the '80s. Oh wow, they took it when they kind of, they kind of started going downhill and they took it off and they were kind of going with uh some of the hard rock metal type look mm. they had for a while but then they put it back on i want to say in the late 80s early 90s what's the one uh, song though coop um there is one really good song that they did the slow one right? no beth yeah, yeah. beth i hear you call, you know yeah. that beth. Beth, i think it's an overrated song no that's a pretty good song like i can remember like slow <laughs> dancing in junior high to that uh, you know? i want to rock and roll and party all night i like that song i'll give you that but, right. but again that's not what I've seen Kiss and the level they've been put up on. I don't see the body of work there either. All right. I think people are more into the image with that. I th- I, I'm going to totally agree with you on this one. I'm totally in. I agree. Kiss. What's the, what's the Paul Rudd movie that's like heavily based on that? Anybody? No? Okay. Never mind. But there's a, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. Never All mind. right, Coop. Number two. Number two. <clears throat> Foreigner. Oh, yeah. I can't stand him. I can't stand them, but I just again, they, you yeah. know, there was a point like you go from the late seventies to like about eighty five, eighty six. They were pretty big, and they were having a lot of chart topping songs, and I, I just never got it. Uh, you know, I, I, I want to know what love is. I, I didn't really. Somebody said, you know, Justin Bieber. It's it's not, not it's not a rock band. No, he's a he's a he's a solo artist. I'm sorry, Coop. Go on. No, yeah, I just I don't see it with Foreigner either. Coop. I, I don't. Coop, wasn't there? I mean, tell me if you disagree. <clears throat> there was a time that we called it corporate rock. That's what we called yeah. it, corporate rock. Uh-huh. So it was like Journey, Ario Speedwagon, Foreigner, Kansas, Jefferson Starship when they became the Starship. So like, there was like I don't know eight or nine bands that were sort of like the same band. And what I feel like is like there was like some dude like cranking out songs on his typewriter. You know, and he was just like, "All right, here's one," and then they'd all they would just do it. You know, it was like the same exact stuff over and over. Sticks was even part of that until the new wave thing came around and Mr. Roboto. But like, though all those bands to me, Coop, what, what do you think was the best of all the corporate sort of rock bands? Was there any that are any good? Name, name me a few of those corporate what you would consider corporate. So I'll I'll tell you my favorite that I uh-huh. think had some good stuff was Journey. 
So you have Ario Speedwagon, you have Foreigner, you have Sticks, you have Kansas. Kansas was good. Kansas was very good. Yeah, like what was that? Dust in the Wind or something? Dust in the Wind. I mean, I they're not. I wouldn't put them Hall of Fame level as a band, but but, but they they were. I mean, some could say Genesis went corporate towards right. the end. Um, and I like the stuff they did towards the end. You know, where they definitely went corporate. Um, um, you know, that's a good example. Probably Genesis, if I had to pick a one that went corporate. Right. All right, Coop, so this is it. This is your number one. Weekly top five, Coop's number one most overrated rock band in the history of Earth is... And it comes from the corporate category. Okay. And you said it, Journey. Oh, ah, see, I didn't think they were that bad. I mean, maybe, maybe it's because the Sopranos... Overrated. Maybe it's because of the Sopranos finale. <laughs> I, think it's beca- I think the only reason I kind of like Journey is because of the Soprano- the final episode of the Sopranos. But uh, So go ahead, Coop, the jer- Journey. Tell us why they're overrated. Well, let's go. They were around before Steve Perry, and no one can name a song that they did, right? Steve Perry comes in. He had a couple of albums that were decent. It's just a um, midnight train. But again, <laughs> when I, I look at the so, I look at the the albums that they did. Those albums didn't have a lot of depth to those albums. Right. Escape was good. Raised on Radio was good, but there was nothing. Then Steve Perry leaves. What do they have to do? They have to go bring in an imitation of Steve Perry to carry on the band because that was the only way they can do it, right? Um, to me, I think when they brought in uh, Jonathan Kane. He, uh, they became they be, they became he was a keyboard player. They started uh, you know doing songs like Faithfully, very top forty ish, again corporate type things, safe songs. Um, I just felt they never um, th- there's some talent in that band, but they never ever expressed that talent to a level. And you can't base it on uh, Don't Stop Believing as one song. I, I just it, there's got to be more to uh, it. Than I, that. I, I can I can do that. Because... I cannot stand when bands are you can tell they're making songs to get it on the radio where i i want to listen to a band that's making albums not songs see that's my knock on elton john okay elton john has a lot of albums right but you get an elton john album there's one song you'll really really like and there's nine like lemons on that song uh that album and that's throughout his whole career he's had that hey Coop, Uh, coop when you were in high school what was this what was the one album that you like played like a thousand times that you literally wore out the vinyl uh, there were two, Synchronicity and Purple Rain. Okay, see, see, Synchronicity, to me, that's the point of the police that I lost interest in, in with Synchronicity. Like, the three albums before that, I thought were good. Um, what I like, I think... <laughs> right, exactly. Don't Stand So uh, Close you, To Me. Come uh, on. Yeah, uh, Zenia Madada, Ghost in the Machine were great albums as well. Uh, Purple Rain was was an amazing album because that um, was like different, right? It was like it was like a totally different thing, like that that and, album. And, and you know, and I mean, see, my uh, my I think I told the story on my show, but my dad uh, was a owned a limousine company. He drove a lot of uh, the executives and talent for CBS Records, and he my dad did drive Michael Jackson, right? Um, and he got to know whoa, Michael whoa, whoa, Jackson. Don't say that. Don't say it like that. <laughs> Well, listen, listen my, my dad actually has good things to say about Michael Jackson, right? Um, he thinks he's very confused, but... Don't watch Purple that Rain documentary. <laughs> Don't do it. Well, Michael had his problems. He didn't, he, I remember him talking about Michael had his issues. Nobody he, needs he, to hear he, those things. But, but when Purple Rain came out, it was kind of like a rebel. It was a little bit of a rebel 
aspect when I liked that album with my my my, my dad and the family being Michael Jackson fans and, and Prince was completely different. It was a completely different sound than what Michael Jackson, but it was on the heels of Thriller that album coming out with Purple Rain, which was mm. a monster album. Prince brought this this rock edge to it and uh, funk elements right. and, and, and it's like that. Um, I just played. I mean, I remember I had to go. I had a cassette of that album, and I went and bought the CD because I wore out the cassette. See, I uh, my the album that I wore out, Coop, because I would listen to it every single night. I listened to this album every single night for maybe two years, and I'm not, this is not an exaggeration. Was Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon? I listened to that album every single night, two straight years. I, that I, album, you know, I, that album was on the charts for like ten years. I too, like yeah, yeah. no, I maybe even longer. It, uh, that yeah, was, it. it was like the longest running album of all time on the charts. It was amazing. Yeah, and, I, and Wall was a, the biggest hit album, but you listen to Dark Side of the Moon was the was the signature album in my opinion in a lot of ways. Coop, so. don't don't you sort of think that there's something missing in music today because like like back in the day like um Dark Side of the Moon is a is a good example. Like it was the album was sort of like a collection. It it all yes. kind of went together and there was something about like actually getting this physical copy of this thing and you know like paging through the lyrics or whatever you did there was something that that added some extra element i can't quite explain it was concept a lot of times when the album was conceptual exactly like um, electric light a- orchestra like elo like their albums had you know like a certain feel to the whole well, thing vinyls are making a major comeback that's true for that reason right now that is true yeah, I, it's a shame. It's a shame that's gone to like iTunes and we've lost that today. I will not subscribe to any of these music services for that reason. I I Most don't more. care about just... listening to songs. I want to, if there's an album I like, I'll just buy the album. This is the 65-year-old Jordan coming out, yes. which I love. I love that. That's yes. why you did well with him. All right, hey Jordan, <laughs> what 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 album, you know, now you're a lot younger than me and Coop. We're, you guys are not going to Me and Cooper are pretty much the same age, but you're much younger. So what what album would you say that you listen to the most in your entire life? Well, it's it's going to be one of the probably uh, one of the albums from Me Without You. Nobody's going to know what that is, so doesn't doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter. No, no. Me, okay. Me Without You is a great band, man. It's a great band. What about Manchester Orchestra? Mm-hmm. Manchester Orchestra, and you know what? One of the best albums I think of all time is uh, Nutramilk Hotel. I think it's called In an Airplane Over the Sea. I'm not sure in the album name, but that. That's one of those ones. You know, Deep the best cuts albums for me are the ones where the first time you just like maybe one song on the album. Oh, that's a great point. Maybe two songs on the album, and then all of a sudden you listen to that thing over and over, and pretty soon, you know, forty listens in. This thing is an all timer. Don't you think, Coop? Hey, Coop. Jordan is making a point that relates to cigars. All right, let me see what you. I'm gonna throw this at you, Coop, and you just tell me what you think. Right. So, like, if you listen to an album back in the day. And instantly you loved every single song. Like the very first time it's you not heard it. Last. The very right. first time you heard it, you loved every single song on the album. Like within a month, you're sick of that. But let's say you get an album and you you know there's like one cool song, you you you're not really sure about the other ones, but you know, you're you're not even sure if you want to listen to it again. Some reason you do. But for some reason you do. There's something there's something pulling you into that album. And you listen to it again and again and pretty soon it has legs. It like sticks to your ribs. I feel like that's in cigars, sort of the same way. Like if you smoke a cigar, and like instantly you just love it from beginning to end, no problem. There's you know you love it. It's just good flavor, um, whatever. But like if you smoked it like six, seven times, you're just so used to every 
every nuance of that flavor from beginning to end, you get sick of it. Where if there's another cigar, maybe it starts good or maybe it finishes good or whatever, but it, there's something that draws you back to it. And then you smoke it three or four times, and then you're sort of like, wow, this is one of my favorite cigars because I had to like grow into it. Do you see what I'm saying, Coop? Totally agree. I totally agree. You know, and there's, you know, and I can think about bands where I wasn't really sure about the band, right? And I maybe got the album. I was able to get it through one of the uh, Columbia House Record Clubs at a really good price, and you know, to get it for a couple of songs. And then I really got into the album. And it's similar when you know I get into a, a brand or a line of cigars. I mean, I think Perdomo is a great example. How I've been really rediscovering. I had not smoked Perdomo in a while, and I'm, I'm really rediscovering some of these blends right now that they're doing and hey you know the packaging's good this is stuff that it's different than everything else right now so i, I totally am on board with that I, I, one recent example for me is the uh sober mesa brulee for me from steve saka the first time i smoked it, it the sweetness of the tip just threw me off like i just didn't like it it just threw me off because it just tasted like it had a sweetened tip i don't know if it does or not that's not important it tasted like it did that's all i can say it tasted like it had a sweetened tip. But then later that week, I was like, for some reason, I just wanted to smoke it again. I don't know why. Just wanted to smoke it again. Smoked it again. Still kind of that sweetness threw me off. But as the weeks went on, last couple weeks, I'm really enjoying that cigar for whatever reason. It's kind of got me kind of hooked on that cigar. You know, Still I, smoked it on, I smoked it on the air when we did a show. So I couldn't really comment on the sweetened tip. I do remember some sweetness, but I might, I thought it was actually more my palate that day because it wasn't the first cigar I had. So I was just kind of chalking it up more to that. So I need to really go back and revisit that more. This is what you need to do when you go to smoke the next one. It's got to be clean, yeah. It's got to be clean. Lick the middle of the cigar first. Then lick the head of the cigar, and that will tell you. Steve will tell you there's just something where I guess the, the uh, but the thing is if he's using that leaf on the whole cigar right right why would it not That's, be in the middle I why don't would e- it not personally I don't even care whatever no I don't either I really don't I like, care I like it too I don't know how it got sweet I'm not saying that they put sweetener on it I'm not saying that I'm just saying it definitely has a sweet tip for whatever reason it has a sweet tip it's let's, sweeter up there you're saying let's just say for whatever reason just it's the tobacco or whatever it has a super Sweet tip. You can take. You can taste it after you've taken it away from your mouth. Like you can still taste the sweetness on your lips. Like there's something going on there. I don't know what it is. Doesn't matter to me. But it, it's a pretty good cigar. So that's just an example to me of a cigar that I sort of grew into. That I I liked. You know, maybe I didn't like so much at the beginning, and then a couple of days later, it just kept gnawing at me. Like smoke me again. Uh, you know, Epernay was like that with me. Mm. I didn't understand Epernay. And it was when I went and smoked the ECCJs that I went back to Epernay and I understood what they were trying to accomplish with that blend. What, do you, was of, to what do you think of the Ot 10? Um, it's not my favorite cigar by Dion, I'll be honest. Really? It's a very good cigar, yeah. I mean, um, to me, I'll still go with Singularity Phantoms, you know, uh, or the uh, Fumé de Amor um, overdose. Well, I will say that, though, the, the first initial release of the Ot 10 was one of the best cigars. It's remember. a very good. It's a very good scar, but I wouldn't put it maybe in my top three. But the the when they added the new sizes, I, I don't think it was the same. All right, Coop. So to wrap this up, uh, we've talked about the most overrated bands, and I didn't. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with this one, and I didn't ask you in advance. So that's I pa- okay. I apologize. No, no problem. But what would you say? Like this, the the Business Insiders rated the Beatles as the greatest rock band of all time. What would Coop say is the greatest rock band of all time? In excess. 
NXS? I'd still go with NXS because of what they did for Australian music. Um, what the the songwriting, the again putting albums together, conceptualizing the albums. Um, they kind of created. They brought elements of punk. They brought elements of funk. They brought elements of rock in there. Um, and Michael Hutchins' death left a void, unfortunately, with that. But from, from there's 11 albums in their portfolio, and they don't have a bad album. All right, Jordan, what's the greatest rock band of all time, in your opinion? Yeah, that, I, you can't answer. That's like asking what's the best cigar of all time. You can't. Well, you can't just I, you have to come up with something. I will say it depends on the style of music you're into, and for the style of music I'm into, you can draw lines all the way back to from most of these bands to Nirvana. So I can I could go there, or I could go to the Beatles, even though I'm not the the biggest Beatles fan of all time. I just there's so much influence in the music I like that I could I could do that. But you know, like I said, I can't really I can't really. All right, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the Clash. Uh, the most diverse, the most diverse punk rock band of all time. They did funk, they did jazz, they did gospel, they did hardcore, they did it all. They did pop. It was the most diverse, interesting, unique band of all time. The Clash. That's what I'm going to say is the greatest band of all time. All right, Coop. Uh, I want to thank you so much for taking uh, Friday night. Uh, thank you for filling in for Casey, who weaseled out on us at the last possible second. One of the biggest weasel moves of all time. That's I want to thank you, Coop, for uh, joining us on Smoke Night Live. I appreciate it. I know I'm no Casey Hogan, but uh, hopefully we had, <laughs> we had some fun tonight, that's for sure. So, guys, uh, uh, last week we did the Bonsai release. It sold out. We had some issues with the server. I just want to thank everybody who participated and tried over and over and over to buy all day long when the server was down. I can tell you this. The guys at Payless are good guys. Danny... Is a great guy. He Absolutely. he's gonna make it up to everybody in some way somehow. He felt terrible about it, and uh, apologized for that. But at the same time, thank everybody for the the folks that we still sold it out in like five hours, even though the that server would have gone in ten minutes. The, I think it would have gone in about ten minutes because the server was literally completely down. They were manually processing orders like you would do old school wise on a, like a credit card machine. So they did a lot of work. I feel bad for those guys. Things happen. They have a, a hosting company that promised them everything was going to be set, and it wasn't. And that sort of stuff happens. And I apologize again profusely for all of that, and thank you to everybody who bought it. I hope you guys are enjoying the cigars. I know I love those cigars. So it was a crazy week. Hey, and by the way, I'm supposed to be going to Florida on the 4th, but I'm not going to be, so I don't know what's going to happen on next week's Smoke Night Live. I'll, I'll grab a guest. We'll do a, we will be back on next Friday night instead of me being taking my vacation. So we'll be back on next Friday night uh, doing another Smoke Night we'll Live, having some again. fun. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe we'll, just, <laughs> maybe we'll just bring Coop on every week until we can find another guest. There you go. Um, I'm glad to do it. But uh, Coop, don't go away. I want to talk to you after the show. Yep. But hey, to all of you guys, it's Friday night on the dojo. Let's see you're now playing. I want to see what you guys think is the best music of your life, your favorite bands of all time. Show those on the, the Dojo app with hashtag now playing. We'll have some fun. And so remember, until next week, never, never smoke alone. alone. See you guys next Friday night. Hey, my, hey, my friends. friends. Hope, Hope you enjoyed, enjoyed the, show. the show. Make, Make sure, sure you check, check out all, all the amazing, amazing features we offer at jrcigars.com. Join, Join on JR Plus, Plus and get free shipping and exclusive offers for an entire year at one great price. Subscribe to our Cigar of the Month Club, and we'll send you five premium cigars each month, plus a sixth one if you're a JR Plus member. 
Lastly, download our Beat the Dealer app or play the brand new desktop version featuring a brand new slot game. You can win cigars and other great prizes while also taking advantage of exclusive daily deals. Experience all this and more at JR Cigar, the world's largest cigar store just a click away.